Welcome to the clan. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. What is leverage? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means that you've got more that they want and they have less than what you want. So that's how you're going to get that record deal. That's how you're going to get that management company. That's how you're going to get that booking agent, other musicians in your band. And that's why we called it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. And uh, the genius who came up with that is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is also an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he connects you with the pros on the regular. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists. I noticed I said indie, and they're still getting on TV chances, and they did this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities, and using the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists, and this is because investors know that numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. And what's happening, brother? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. I'll be dropping on uh, New Year's Day, so... Um, hopefully everyone had a, a good kiss at the ball drop or whatever. So starting off those resolutions. That's right. I, I want to apologize in advance. If you hear any snoring sounds in the background, that is the one, the only Mr. Scooter McGee. That's your doggy. That's my 150 pound great Dane crashed here on the couch with me while we're doing this podcast from home. And uh, he is, um, he's, I mean, he sounds like, he sounds like your grandpa when he snores. <laughs> so if it gets a little distracting, just I apologize in advance. <laughs> All right. What are we going to learn about today, brother? Man, today we're going to talk about success and how to set your co-writers up for success. Because, uh, man, we, we want everybody to win, right? That's why we do this podcast. We want you to win and we want you to help your co-writers win. And when they win, you win. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's right. Okay, but before we do that, let's take care of a little bit of business here. The The Climb Podcast is proud to partner with disc makers who have been supporting indie musicians like you before indie, musician, indie music was even a thing. When you're ready to make uh, CDs, DVDs, vinyl, or distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, which are really cool, by the way, um, mm-hmm. go to discmakers.com, D-I-S-C, makers.com. It's the only place you need to go. And while you're there, click the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. Again, that's 800-468-9353. Awesome. And hey, guys, if you haven't uh, joined the Climb community yet, please do so. Tons of great information in there, good articles that we post up that that we're sort of DJing from Billboard and uh, Digital Music News and all different kinds of really good periodicals just to keep you abreast of Mm -hmm. what's happening in uh, in the music industry world. You can find it all right there. And a ton of people who 
have other questions that are similar to yours and some of the answers to some of your questions. So uh, all that stuff kind of goes on, which is really cool. Go to the Klon community on Facebook, ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Be good boys and girls, or you will be roadhoused out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, man, you know, there's just good stuff going on there. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that all the episodes, full episodes on Tuesday and the mini-sodes on Friday go right into your podcast player in order. You can consume them when you want. I know I do a ton of that when I have insomnia. I, I'll go through like a bunch hmm. of catch up on my podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah. The stuff I listen to um, and share it. That's the best compliment you could give Brent and myself. If it's helping you, it, it's going to help somebody else. So uh, put it up on social media. Let them know why you like it. Tell a friend um, to tell them what, what kind of benefit they can get out of it. We want to try to get to everywhere. And lastly, leave a rating and review, a five-star rating if you can. And mm-hmm. uh, do that on on iTunes. It makes us look legit for everybody. And, um, you know, once again, we have a new review that I want to read. Speaking of that, right. This is from, uh, Shireen Wells. And, uh, who's, by the way, we're talking about this. She's a hoot on social media. Like she cracks me up. Um, this is a five-star review. It says worth your time calling all singers, songwriters must listen podcast, both Brent and Johnny, Offer up informative and useful advice to apply to your music career. Great energy and enjoyed my time spent on this program. Well, thank you, Shireen. Thank you for that tasty five-star review. We appreciate it. Yes. So uh, we're going to talk about how to, how to help your co-writer, like how to set them up for success. That's right. You know, it's a team sport. If, you know, if you're on a, you know, a basketball team, this is getting more basketball season now. So, you know, if you're on a basketball team and you set your, you know, center up for success, odds are your team's going to succeed and you succeed. If you set your point guard up for success, That's then more right. likely your team's going to succeed and you get the ring too. So this is not just, you know, for them setting them up for success, because, but it is, and it comes back around to you too. So this is a team sport here. So we want our, our whole team to win. So I'll start off a little story. Okay. Now this, this starts off with regret. Regret from words that spilled out of my blabber mouth. You know, I have this funny idea. So I didn't regret sharing my idea because I because my co-writers hated it when I shared the song ideas. I regretted sharing my idea because my co-writers loved it. <laughs> so here we were. We were um, I was in a co-write, and we were jawboning on the front end of the co-write, you know, just chit-chatting, talking music and stuff. You know how we do. Mm-hmm. Well, my inner, you know, Mr. Entertainer, he got the best of me for a laugh. And I shared this wacky song idea. I'm like, well, yeah, I got this idea, blah, 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 blah. Well, it got a laugh, but it also got a, man, we got to write that. <laughs> and normally that's cool. But here's the thing. I wasn't pitching that idea. I was just going for a laugh. My co-writers that day were both very talented songwriters, and they both have cuts to their credit and did at the time too. So it wasn't a matter of them being like lousy songwriters. They were both really good at what they do, but their wheelhouse is at one end of the country spectrum, okay? And this idea, unfortunately, was at the other end of the country spectrum. (laughs) So basically, I had two, like, really country, kind of bluegrassy, kind of influenced, you know, acoustic-y people, and I threw out this uh, ridiculous, like, country rap kind of idea. So, you know, truth be told, that uh, kind of idea isn't in my wheelhouse either, but I thought of it, so I was kind of tied to it. So if anything, I needed co-writers to make up for my lack of strength in that type of song. 
you know, on the much more kind of progressive hip hop country, hip hop, you know, kind of country. Oh, thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, you know, me and my big mouth, I throw it out to a couple more country writers, but it was a funny enough title and basic concept that they, they couldn't resist. Like we got to write that. And I don't want to start off a co-write going, no, <laughs> that was just that. Was, I threw that, that was out just there, but jokes. No, those no. are jokes. <laughs> uh, I guess there would have been a way to massage it. Going, well, that was really for a joke. I, I'm not really feeling that today. I, I could have put it on me, not like, no, I don't think y'all are the right people to write that. You know, that's not a good way to start off your day. Nah, uh, that's right. That's not building confidence for the rest of the day. I should have probably just put it off on me. Going, God, I'm joking. No, I'm I'm really not ready to write that yet. Let's just try something else. Should have done that, but I didn't because I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I know. I don't like conflict. I'm the peacemaker thing. If you follow Instagram stuff, I'm like a hard nine, I think, or whatever it is. I'm like peacemaker. Okay. So um anyway, we ended up with a song that day. We ended up writing that song. And you know, it was pretty well written and it was pretty good. We even demoed it. I spent money on this thing. Really? So okay. Well enough, quality enough that like, yeah, but it just didn't, just didn't sparkle, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not saying that would have, that it would have gotten cut with any of my other co-writers, you know, if I'd saved it for like the right kind of, but you know, cause it still would have been a long shot. Uh, but thing is, I'll never know, you yeah. know, there'll always be that little bit of regret in there going, yeah, even though we got a demo, well, my job is not to write songs that get demoed. It's not yeah. my job. We've talked about that before. My job is to write songs that get cut and make money. Yep. But I didn't do my job that day because I didn't write a song that got cut. I got a song that spent money. Not one and you kind of you kind of let the the situation get away from me a little bit too. I did. I I got. So I'm sure that's that's a stain like in your memory, like of you're like because ah, you knew better. And you yeah. and now Since, afterwards you think like five thousand ways that you could have brought turned the Exxon Valdez around. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and gotten control of it, but it's always yeah. after the fact and you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Now I spent money on it, yeah. you know, or whoever my publisher was at the time spent money on it, which uh, is your money, money. Back yeah. <laughs> right. So it's still my money. So yeah. So I'm, anyway, so, you know, um, hopefully since then I've learned my lesson, you know, since then I try to be more disciplined about bringing the best appropriate idea to each co-write. Like it was not a bad idea. It was just not right for those co-writers. I don't feel. And so therefore, even though they brought their best work, it was kind of out of all of our wheelhouses. Mm-hmm. You know, that particular style of, of country is not what any of us do best. Right. So you we, need to at least have one ringer in there for that kind of style. You can go, no, that's yeah. not cool in this way. Right. That's not, that's not what their kids are saying. It's like you got three squares trying to ride a circle, you know, yeah. <laughs> at least one circle or an oval in there. Yeah. yeah let's round that up. <laughs> So again, you know, not, a, you know, some people may look at that going, Oh, it was a pleasant surprise. We even demoed it. Yeah. Did it get cut? No. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I want my co-writers to do what they're great at. Yeah. And, and that's really what this is coming down to how to set your co-writers up for success is allow them to do what they're great at. So I'll tell you another story. This is time I got it right. Okay. So that was more of a bruise story. This is more of a cut story. Okay. okay? So, uh, so, a few years ago, I found out that comedy legend Ray Stevens, um, you know, Mississippi Squirrel Revival, The Streak is me again, Margaret, you know, yeah. Hall of Famer Ray Stevens, who was going to be working on a political comedy album. 
Johnny Course, you know how this turns out. Oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> or that record, or you you know you you know us and stuff. So as it um, it just so happened, I had a silly title called Caribou Barbie about Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about that. I okay, never heard yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah, so I had this title sitting around because you know some Caribou people. And so Barbie. this was during that era, right? When right. Um, uh-huh. And uh, when she was, you know, up for vice president and some people disparagingly called her Caribou Barbie, uh, which is pretty funny because you're in Alaska and stuff. Yeah, it is funny. And, like, I don't little, care, like, what side of the aisle you're on. That's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, that's funny. You know, they might have been disparaging, but I know I knew Ray was a conservative and was definitely voting for McCain Palin and, and liked her. And um, anyway, so at the, I'd held on this title for a little while during the election, but then, you know, McCain lost. And I thought, well, okay, that's, I don't really know what to do with that title anyway, but since I didn't even win, nothing much to do about that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so uh, did I throw this idea out at my next co-write though? Like oh, I got an idea, Caribou Barbie. No. So when, okay, so here's the deal. Got this title, heard Ray Stevens is working on a political comedy record. Okay. Could have just walked into my very next appointment with whoever it happened to be. Mm-hmm. country writer and gone all right ray stevens is working on this thing i got a title let's see if we can write some start trying to shove like uh, 10 pounds of sand in five pound bags it could be yeah or just yeah. A, again a couple squares trying to write a circle <clears throat> i didn't do that i called up matt klein and max t barnes yeah and and you know matt you know and yeah. matt and max both wrote for ray stevens at the time so they were yeah. both at ray's publishing company so i knew our song if we wrote it well would get a good listen but even more importantly, I knew that those two guys would write it right up Ray's alley. Like yeah. Max already had a couple songs on the project. Uh-huh. Max T. Barnes. I mean, he wrote Love Me for uh, Colin Ray. He, he wrote. He, he, uh, did he really? He wrote it with his dad. And they were the, Are I you think the kidding? First, Max D. Barnes and Max T. Barnes were like uh, the first father-son songwriting duo to be up for like song of the year at the CMAs or something. Cause it was up for like, Oh my God. Like, okay. Just real quick side yeah. note. Like, yeah. you know, I did like a couple things with Colin, right? Like oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. On the marketing side and I co-produced one of his records and, um, the, uh, man, that, because of that, there's a lot of during that time, Colin Ray conversations that would pop up around me. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. It just was relevant at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that song, Love Me, like okay. everybody has the same reaction to that song. Like mm-hmm. if I'm driving and that thing comes over, like I got to pull over because I'm going to start <laughs> losing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just affects them. So that's such a good song, man. So I good. did not know he wrote yeah. that. That's awesome. Wrote it with his dad. So, so cool. He's a Hall of Famer, I think. So yeah. So, uh, and so Max, you know, legit hit songwriter, Diamond Rio and a bunch of other cuts. But thing is he, you know, he was, so he's good at that stuff. But then also he had was writing for Ray and wrote some stuff for that project already with Ray, like throw the bumps out and some other stuff. So writing, obviously having some success knows how to mm-hmm. get on a Ray Stevens record, which is yep. my goal. And then um, Matt, he's just, just playing great at country comedy songs. Yeah. He's Matt, hysterical. <laughs> yeah. He's great. And, um, and you know, he grew up listening to all that Ray Stevens stuff and knows that Ray Stevens stuff. So yep. he's, he's marinated in the vernacular of Ray Stevens and and he's brilliant and he's so good at that stuff. Yeah. So not only does he know the target, he can write toward that kind of stuff really well. And they both write for Ray's publishing company. Mm -hmm. So there we go. So 
instead of just whoever happened to be in the room with the next day, who was, pro, you know, probably hit rider, pro country rider or something, you know, so a legit rider. No, I'm not calling up those guys. <laughs> Max, Matt, I yeah. got a title. You this know, is for was, you. That yeah. was my way into the room, really, to try and get on that project. Yep. So uh, I basically just had to throw that T-bone of a hook in between those two Rottweilers mm-hmm. and get out of the way. <laughs> I'll just, uh, you guys come over the middle. I got a couple words here whenever you're ready. <laughs> well, guys, caribou Barbie, go. I'm going to lunch. I'll the be T-bone back. of an idea between these two Rottweilers. <laughs> yeah, because they're so good at it. I just had to help kind of you know, some lyrical stuff and make some stuff rhyme or whatever. And it's like, really? <laughs> After that. Yeah. You know, because that was so plain to their strengths and what they knew how to do really well. Seriously, you talk about a word for a third. I was like titled for, a, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, and they ran with it. And so Ray recorded for this album. It's called, the album's called We The People. There's even like a silly video. You can find it on YouTube and got, you know. For Caribou Barbie? Oh, for Caribou Barbie. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so it's got Ray and it's got somebody playing Sarah Palin, and it. so it's political comedy, y'all. Don't take it too seriously. And don't don't get too uptight. Okay, we're all we're all friends here. Yeah, that's right. Um, but that was an example of setting my co-writers up for success. Mm-hmm. I brought a title that was relevant to a project that was going on, and also very relevant to their skill set, and allowed them to do something they're really good at. Yeah, and so they could excel at doing what they excel at doing, and everybody won. Yep. Yep. Bingo. You got the cut. That's where, that's where you, you got the ball in the end zone there. Exactly. We did our job. We wrote a song that got cut and made a little bit of money. Got Side note, I'm so curious about like the first 15 minutes of that, right? Where you're doing like the song title challenge stuff and you're trying to figure out the angle. Like, what did that sound like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's such a random title and you're like, okay, and we're going to write about Sarah Palin in a, in a positive way because Ray's a fan. But, yeah. Okay. And like, what are some of the, you know, you just got kind of gathering up some of the mythology that had already been built up around her, those catchphrases and the, you know, because I've never heard the song. I got it. Now I got to go here. <laughs> uh, you know, Pitbull hockey mom and, and all this stuff, you know, you're, you're throwing this stuff together. So, mom, that's right. You, remember, you know, so that thing was a thing. And what's the difference between a pit bull and a hockey mom? lipstick you know so we're just getting that kind of stuff man she shot a moose from a helicopter you know and, and kind of made this almost legendary paul bunyan kind of mythical figure caribou barbie kind of thing so oh that's fantastic you know, of course. It, it was yeah. just you know we're aiming for a target and we hit it let's put it that way <laughs> so might not be the dance but uh you know so so let me ask you a question so when yeah. we're talking about um marketing and mm-hmm. the first step is that most artists they don't even take the first step. I ask them like, we have, we have to define the audience, right? Like who's your audience? Yes. It's not just people who show up. Like who is it? Like if it, who are the new eyeballs that mm-hmm. have no idea who you are right now that are going to be predisposed to liking this kind of music that you make? Like, yeah. and, and what are some different things that we can go off? So in this context, what, like I think the first thing is, is how many songwriters out there that are listening to our voices right now has sat down and really done a mental assessment of each person that you're writing with. Like, what are their strengths? Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. define their strengths, ha- write them down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, so that you really start to know, Oh, you know what? Like, you know, who's going to be good for this. Like, like let's bring him in or let's bring her bring in. Jimmy, and, Jimmy does. 
I don't know, Calypso, like nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. or, or even down to, um, I mean, that's super specific, but I can tell you like when we do some of our artists at, at their double need, creative development they all need market mm-hmm. development but some of them need creative development which means yeah. i got to get them with the right songwriters and the right uh and, and we're putting people together now sometimes like when i come to you all i gotta do is give it to you you know and then you're like <laughs> okay and you set it up with okay i'm a word guy i'm gonna get a melody guy mm-hmm. or a melody girl and we're gonna work with this artist right yeah and uh so i should say like a melody writer and so but i'm conscious of that when i'm putting them together like i know this one person's strength this writer's strength is more lyrical Mm -hmm. this writer's strength is more melody so i'm not getting like two people that are strong on melody and weak on lyrics unless i know the artist is killing it with the lyrics right like yeah so but but intentionally looking at that recipe and going hmm right like what does this work is this a good idea like oh yeah how could this fly? Taste good when you get all the ingredients in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you don't want me trying to write a melody for your song. That is not my point of highest contribution. Right, and that's don't give not, me a guitar. That's <laughs> not setting me up to for success. In which case, you're short circuiting your own probability of success by yeah. setting me up for failure. You know, you're tied right. to it. So what are you doing? You know, you don't throw the ball to the guy that with the worst hands on the team. Yep. You find some other job for him. They're on defense. Yeah. <laughs> They're fast. They can't catch. Defense it back. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. If they could catch, they'd be on offense. Right. Yeah. Scoring points. So, um, and so I think that is important to think about. Just like, you know, I, I got ahead of myself and I threw out the, which was a solid idea in the right context, but I threw it out to the wrong people. What happened? We got a, a well-crafted song because that's what we do. Right. Didn't quite sparkle for the target we were trying to hit. Because you're craftsmen, but these guys are good at building like family homes and you're trying to build like a, like a commercial building, you know? Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. It's like, right. yeah, those carpenters, they know what they're doing. It's not going to fall down, but it still may not quite be the commercial building or whatever. Yeah. It's, they don't have all the nuance in there. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. So, but with Max and Matt, yeah, they spoke the language. They'd already yeah. had success. They had, and they had the ends too, which was nice. I mean, really how that, I care we've already, you know, so I'd been sitting on that for a while. Then we heard Ray was doing the comedy record. I knew he was a Sarah Palin fan. So I was actually at the, uh, I was, I was over at Ray Stevens music and I was going to go right with Matt that day, or we're going to go run around or something. And so I'm there in the morning and Susie Ragsdale comes out there in this, some meeting in there. So I'm just hanging out the front talking to somebody and Susie comes out. That's Ray's daughter good songwriter mm-hmm. artist in her own right and uh so i just have to go hey Susie, how's it going oh good i'm like hey i got a title for ray hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So I just threw it out there. She's like, what is on my caribou Barbie? And she laughs, you know, and she goes back into the meeting with Ray and some folks. Anyway, so Matt and I go do our thing that day. We come back later. We're picking up his car or my car from the parking lot at Ray's and, and Ray's walking outside. We're like, hey, Ray. He goes, hey, do you have that idea that that caribou Barbie thing? I'm like, oh, yes, sir. So I've been, been talked about. Yeah. He goes, I want to hear that. I said, well, I haven't written it yet but I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I, go, I want to hear it. I'm like, yes, sir. And that's when I call up Matt and Max and I'm like, let's do this. So he's already prepared to love it so from the title y'all. Yeah. Winning before we were even spinning. Yeah. We're winning. Winning you before know? we're spinning. Winning, when you have a good title, you're winning before you're spinning. Like before the song even starts playing, they just see the title and they already want to like it. Yeah. They already wanted to like it just from the title. Now we had to just don't screw it up. Which yeah, I, I, I did not good job. <laughs> I stayed out of the way, uh, and, and so it could be it could be that kind of thing. Which you know we were aiming at a very specific target. Nobody else would ever cut that right. Mm-hmm. We were aiming right for a ray thing. But you know, if you're looking for, if I'm looking for more of a progressive country pop kind of thing, I may go to Wilkes. If I'm looking for you know for myself and my co-writers, if I'm looking for more of a you know traditional country thing, I may go to a different set of folks. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know their strengths and their weaknesses. And, you know, if I know that I have a a lyric that's pretty much done, and I need to just put a melody on it, but mm-hmm. the lyric is all right there. I made to, and it's more of a country thing. I made to go to a guy like Byron Hill. Mm-hmm. We wrote a song called "Ring on the Bar," which was basically I brought this lyric in, and he put a great melody on it, and it's bounced around, been cut a couple times and stuff. And so, right. Byron, oh, so you had that mostly done already <clears throat> lyrically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just kind okay. of came in with it. It was our first co-write, and I really wanted to make sure I made a good impression, did my homework, so I came in with some stuff. That was one of them, and he liked it, and he could put, you know, we probably you know, tweaked it a little bit just for melody purposes. But Okay, wait, I got to ask a question here. Yeah. So stop for a second. Okay, so for me, like, every every writer's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to, like, in the spirit of David Bowie, to do mm-hmm. experimental when I was writing, like, not mm-hmm. as much as I should have, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it was hairband after all. There was, you know, not a whole lot of <laughs> social commentary going on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but just like I could, I would do things like I would have a one guitar. I would have two acoustic guitars. One of them would be tuned regular. One of them would be tuned to an open tuning. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes just that other open tuning would just get me going this other place. You know, mm-hmm. it would be a muse, right? Like, oh, yeah that way um and then one of the other or if i go to a piano i, I could do that and, and that would all of a sudden if i got stuck it could switch stuff up for me and get yeah, me on sure yeah. 
but I could never, except for like a line or something, but I could never write a song lyrically and then put it to music. Like, like I had to have the groove and the vibe going first to come mm-hmm. up with the melody and then fit the words. Yeah. The melody. How in the hell did you do that? <laughs> Cause I don't write like, melody. I, but how do you know? Like even what this damn song structure is going to be like, I, I, I just it, to me, it's something if if it reads. Well, of course, you study lyric and you study lyric and you study lyric, so you see a bazillion song structures, lyrics laid out in front of you. I would yeah. I would copy out lyrics of songs that I liked. I would type them out. I had them posted in my college apartment all over the walls. You know, I'd open oh, the cabinet door go. and here's a Gary Burr lyric. You know. Okay. In my kitchen, that kind of stuff. And I'd copy them over in the notebooks, songs that I respected lyrically and stuff. So you just see. Yeah. You, you know, just so have to feel the rhythm of it. Bef- before. You feel the rhythm of it. If I can, because the rhythm is going to get you. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and I'd, I'd read these lyrics out loud. You know, the ones I'm writing, if, if they have a good cadence, if it bounces right and you don't uh-huh. stumble all over yourself, just reading them okay, it has a nice kind of flow to it. Now, I had no idea what the melody was going to be, but, you know, you start picking up on that stuff. You do it enough and, you know. You yeah, that's that interesting. Kind of like, so that, that, that works for me. Like, does it feel good? Does it flow right? And, and you just do it a bunch. But to, to a prior point that we had, I think the last episode where we were just talking about patience and doing the work, like that's something I didn't do. Like I never did that with lyrics. I yeah. never was that fascinated with lyrics to, to write them out. I was more fascinated with the performance of it, the singing and the, yeah. the groove. And that's, so I did tons of that stuff. And right? thank goodness for me, there are a lot of people like you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I'm thinking back now, like I wish I would have known you. Cause then, I, you know, it'd be like, man, okay, I should start putting some time in mm-hmm. doing this because I'm going to pick up something even subliminally, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make that happen. You know, something else I want to point out too for, for writers, like if you're in Nashville, if you're not in Nashville, if you're in a, uh, like a more of a remote location, you've got a few writers that you write with, take a good, do an inventory, right? Like sit down, spend a little bit of time, like write every person's name down that you write with and what are their strengths mm-hmm. and put that down there and maybe ask them too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what they are. And, and I think by doing that, you could also sort of look at that whole picture when you're done and be like, man, we're missing something, right? Yeah. Like there's something here that we need that's going on right now that we don't have. We got to go find that person. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you know what you're looking for, it's mm-hmm. easier to spot, right? Then, oh yeah. Then well, you know, it's funny as we're recording this, it's the early signing national signing day for college football. Mm-hmm. It's a December signing day today. And so what do they do? What's, what are our greatest areas of need? Well, we need a couple linebackers. We got to go find yeah. the best linebackers we can. That's We're right. stocked up. We got a ton of wide receivers in the last class. We're not as heavy on that this time. It's fine. We got to stock up on linebackers and offensive linemen. You know, the, Kind of like putting your draft together, like your fantasy football team. Only it's it's not, it's it's your writing team. And mm-hmm. then just always be like, if you know what you're missing, right? Or if you know where you're weak or you're mm-hmm. light, then you're going to keep your eyes open for that and maybe start a conversation and, and, and what a great way to, what a super intelligent conversation to have, right? Like to yeah. be like, Hey, I, you don't know me. I'm, I'm Johnny, but um, I was talking with a group of friends and we get this like killer writing group that we were all kind of working around. And the one thing that we're light on, I heard you're the man. Yeah, and you're the man a, for this. Right? And what a great way to just start an engaging conversation because right, right off the bat, if I'm that guy and I don't know you from a can of paint, I get to talk about myself. 
and I like you, and you're obviously yeah. smart and a great judge of character. Because <laughs> exactly. you're interested in me. <laughs> right? But being right. able to like spell it out like that, and then be yeah. like, man, and then I went and I heard some of the stuff that you did, and I like this and this and this and this. That was amazing. Like, would you want to get together and write with us sometime? Like, wow, that just sounds like so incredibly sexy, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. And professional. Like, yeah. you did your homework. Wow, you thought about this for me. It's not, hey, you want to get together and write sometime? Why you don't? Let's write a song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, you know, going back to the Byron Hill thing, like, Ring on the Bar, I was able to take him pretty much a, a full lyric. And, you know, he likes that. He's like, great. I can just do melody. Which, right. which is what he's he great. Loves. He's great at both, right? But, you know, but he's, like, love just putting melody. Some people love that. Other people, it freak him out, going, I got this whole lyric here, and, oh, my gosh, the pressure of trying to make this sing. And even if I've constructed it well, they feel maybe you know, hemmed in by the, the lyrical structure that's there and they want to be more free willing to find it. And so I know some writers like that don't try to put that on them. It's yeah. not setting them up for success. You might come in with a concept and a title and a, like, I got this idea for this vibe and just let them play. And then you construct the lyric together so it can kind of follow the melody more. And, and that's your best chance for them to be successful and therefore for your song to be successful. So part mm-hmm. of it's learning what they're good at, what they're not as good at and not trying to, Again, be a bunch of squares trying to ride a circle. Yeah, fascinating. You know? That's that's good, yeah. man. Like if you brought that to me, if we were writing that, it would have probably freaked me out. I've been like, oh, I gotta. Like on one hand, I was never my lyrics were never my strength, but I'm like, ooh, I gotta make this all work. Like, now all of a sudden but, you have it's homework, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not creativity; it's almost homework. It's not just flowing through me. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta restraint here. There's a mathematical thing that's gotta happen. To yeah, it's some people look at it as a, a constraint as restraining other people look at it as great. I got a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And neither is wrong and neither is right. Yeah. Some things it's right for some people and wrong for other people. Great. I adjust how I, because I have songs that I can, if I need to, I can do the full lyric. If I need to, I can just bring in the concept. Yeah. I I remember when I first moved down to Nashville, the first place I got a job at, I didn't know a soul when I Mm -hmm. first moved like not one person. And uh, the first place I worked at was uh, the stockyard. And mm-hmm. I worked in the basement in a bar called the bullpen in the band there. The house band was like sick, right? That had like Michael Roberts singing that had uh, Dow Tomlin on bass. Like uh, the, the, the band was ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, the singer, um, I can't remember his last name right now. I think we lost Tommy like a while back. He's a big guy, like, uh, you know, big, big man and mm-hmm. a comedian too, but a great singer. But I remember just getting into a conversation with him about singing. And uh, at this point, uh, I think I was gearing up to go meet Kim Tribble, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and we were it's just talking about singing. Yeah. And cause what made me think about this comment I'm about to make was you said, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, and he was talking about just in terms of like prolific. I, and he was saying, you know, because you can go talk to Kim, Kim, he writes a lot of songs. You know, like a lot, like every week he writes like 12 songs, you know, I was like, okay, wow, that's crazy. You know, to me, that's something I never did. And all of a sudden I felt inferior, like in my own head, I was like, man, I, okay. So I was never going to be the writer. (laughs) You're like right off the bat. I'm like, well, I'm going to think about something different, you know, Tommy's (laughs) like, but you know what? Like I, I think he had a couple cuts or something like that. And he's like, he goes, I write like nine songs a year, but they're all like really good, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and they're, they're solid. And Mm -hmm. And so it's, but there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. No, like I mean, both, I think, both of those writers found their way mm-hmm. into the industry into opportunity but, but with completely different styles. So it's, I just want to point that out. Like 
I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, just know what you're good at, what you're not good at, and where to fill the holes, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like Bob McDill was famous for, he'd work on a song, one song, Monday through Thursday. And on Friday, he'd do his demo or recording of it. Right. But he'd work on the one song all week. Yeah. And he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, good old boys like me for Don Williams, uh, Gone Country for Alan Jackson. Um, how was it? Uh, just so many great classic country songs. Sure. Almost of that Don Williams stuff. I believe in love, I think. And Which is so Carl, not the way it happens in Nashville normally. Like it's no, like not normally. No. Um, but just so well crafted, just great pieces of art. I think uh who are some of those other people? Um, I don't get the name wrong. But then you have other people like, yeah, like a Kim Tribble or maybe a Don Schlitz who writes a bunch, or Craig Wiseman who writes a bunch, yeah. you know, and knocks them out. And they or Laura McKenna doesn't write. I don't think as much, you know, as someone like a right. And she Laura wrote um, um, humble and kind, humble and kind, yeah, and a bunch of other hits. A lot of great stuff, yeah. I mean, girl crush, but then they both can have really great success. And and maybe you're going to be in trouble if you sit down with one type of writer and try to blast right through. And like, so I know for some of my writers, some writers are fast writers. Mm-hmm. You come in and it's like launch right off a launch pad. Three, okay, 10, nine, two, go, <laughs> you know, and ready, fire, aim, you know, and just mm-hmm. going. And then you're done by lunch. Like, what happened? Yeah. Other writers are grinders and will take every little bit, hold it up to the light, you know, sift it looking for the gold and yeah. both have success. Now, I, I want to set them up for success. So the grinder, I'm not going to be pushing to get done within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the one that's, you know, the rocket ship takes off. I'm not going to be trying to drag it out because he's going to be miserable and not want to write with me again and shut down and be just frustrated. So I know like for myself, okay, for this type of rider, the, the rocket ship that goes really fast, I need to bring in something that's much more fully formed, like at least the outline of a lyric, maybe a lot of concept, you know, where it's, I know where we're going. I know what I want to say in the tone of it. I might even have the full lyric kind of there that way as with the fast rider, sometimes I end up with stuff that's half baked. It's not fully thought out as much as I'd like it to be. There's some holes in it, but it just trains going. Yeah. So to get my best and set them up for success is like, okay, bring in stuff they can run fast with other, you know, the grinder. If I bring in this full lyric and don't want to change it, they're going to be frustrated because they want to pull, you know, all the transmission out and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. That way they can really make sure that everything's the way they want it. Those writers, I don't have to bring in a full lyric. I can bring in the concept. I can bring in some ideas and, and bones of it, structure of it and stuff, but just be willing to hold everything up to scrutiny. And, yeah. And question it and may come back to what we originally had. Great. But just to take time. And that helps that writer to feel like, okay, they really own each part of it. And each part of it is really good. So they feel good about moving on to the next part great. Both can have success. I just want to adapt as much as I can. Cause I can work with both kind of writers. See, that's okay. So this is fascinating. So this is like, <clears throat> I, this brings another idea to mind. Like I'll bet you there's been times where if you're a songwriter, you've been in a room and for whatever reason, the way the flow of it's going mm-hmm. is rubbing on you. Yeah, right. In a, not a positive way. Not in a positive way. Like in a negative yeah. way, like you're mm-hmm. frustrated. You're like, if they keep right, rewriting your lyric, or re-looking at that. And you're thinking like, why yeah. isn't that good enough? You know, because you're yeah. like the Ferrari guy and this guy's like the, the, you know, the, the minivan guy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, it, it, but 
now that you can articulate this sense of awareness Mm -hmm. and know them for what they are and know what to expect. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah, yeah, now there may be something where you can put that spice in there. And if you're not going in there, taking it personally, because he can do that to everybody. Yeah. You know, if it's Craig Wiseman or Dallas Davidson or, or Ashley mm-hmm. Gorley, he's going to do the same thing. That's the right. way that he works. That's mm-hmm. just the way that he works. And, and now that you can see it for that, you can be like, okay, yeah. hold on a second. Like, I don't feel like he's trying to get over on me or it's not hurting my artist heart, right? right. My artist ego. Because I, I, I could see that happening. And I, I know, like, what made me think of that was um, – uh, I don't want to run long, but we, like I, I got to be present in an interview for Dave Fowler, who's a killer bass player, uh, musician. When I lived in California, uh, he owned Bass Frontiers magazine, and he interviewed Don Felder from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like in the room, like I could reach out and grab Don by the back of the hair, and I'm just out of <laughs> out of the frame of the picture yeah. while we're at. Um, a recording studio in uh, in Santa Monica, and he's talking about which for a bass magazine, but he's the one that came up with the do because uh, mm-hmm. Meisner was stuck at an airport in a snow in Nebraska where he lived at a, in a snowstorm and couldn't get to Criteria in time, and the tape was rolling. You wow. know, so, so Felder comes up with it, but he was telling some stories, and one of the things he would talk about was it was really um, Don uh, Henley's band as well as um, uh, Lynn Fry. Glenn Fry's band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, the, the buck stopped with them and that always pissed Don Felder off. But Don on just over taking this concept that we're talking about, but to a recording process place, right. Mm-hmm. Don was the guy that's like, let's jam this out and, and just kept the cop, the vibe and yeah. they do a stonesy thing. And if you listen to stones records, or if you listen to like the black crows, like there's clams in there. If you really yeah. listen, there's little mm-hmm. mistakes and they leave them in there and that gives them character and it's cool. And that's one way of doing it. And you can't argue with it, you know? No. But then Don would be like, now Feld or Henley would be like, we got to cut it again. Cause I just hit the kick like the wrong way on that one beat. And we yeah. got to redo the whole damn thing. And so Felder's sitting there explaining like, man, sometimes he would just, I felt like he would just suck the soul right out of the take. But mm-hmm. then in the same sense, he like, can't argue with that. I mean, so, yeah, hundred million freaking records doing it that way. So that's one way to do it. And, and so it's just interesting to think about like, okay, if you know what you're getting into, um, you know, maybe your first reaction, I just want to open some awareness. I want to open some eyes. Like maybe you Mm -hmm. get, you've been in a situation recording or you've been in a situation writing where this person was rubbing you and pissing you off. And maybe it was that, maybe it was just a, you weren't on process. Yeah. And then if there's maybe yeah. a way to revisit that, or at least at the very least, think about that before you start to react when you first start to get wound up, like in the situation and mm-hmm. it starts to go south inside your head mm-hmm. where you can bring it back around and be like, you know what, maybe this is just a process and we'll see what's going on, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe someone to- has to take that lyric or that melody and, you know, walk it all the way around the block before they know it's the right one, or they yeah. want to try 20 different lyrics in that line just so they can really go, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Come yeah. up with one and they go, yeah, that's it. Some people need to come up with a hundred before they can go, yeah, that, that first one was it. Just so they know and they have peace of mind and they can move on. That ain't yep. personal, that's process. Yep. That's how they, that's how they illuminate everything else. Like they got to go yeah. spend a little bit of time there. And, and, but meanwhs you're already like, I know that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you're getting impatient, right? Frustrated. Might be right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But you can't go, but then like, if you know that's the process, then afterwards you're not like, yeah, that's right, bitch. Like I had it right the whole time. Like, <laughs> question of me. Like, oh, right. God, you're not the boss of me. Like, right. you know, and you got yeah. that inner dialogue. Going it personal. Yeah. And now right. you can just relax and be like, okay, I know what he's going to do here. Right. This is, is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm just going to run with it because if I don't, I might shut them down. And yeah. if it's totally incongruent with the way you work, then maybe you don't get in the room with them as much. And yeah. you find your tribe and you find the people that vibe how you vibe. And that's cool. I ain't nothing wrong with that. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's not and, personal. And maybe it could work now that you have this understanding of, right. you know, you know what? Yeah, like you, maybe you, you can open up another space. door, expand your net a little bit and get mm-hmm. into more quality rights because that person does do some good stuff and, and you don't have to be rubbed by it the wrong way. You exactly. know? You're just like, this is how they fly, man. I ain't going to argue with how they flap their wings. They fly, whatever. That's yeah. right. That's killer. Yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Hey, and listen, if I have a, I have a gift for y'all for listening and hanging in with us here for these 40 some odd minutes. Uh, if you go to giftfrombrent.com, I have a free ebook there called Think Like a Pro Songwriter, and it covers this kind of stuff, you know, about just lessons I've learned the, the fun way and the hard way over my time in the music business. So it's a free ebook. You can download it. You just tell me where to send it. I'll send it right out to you. Get instant access to it. But that's at gift from brent.com because happy new year late christmas was my gift to you so start your year off right <laughs> awesome well that brings us to the end of another of another killer episode of the climb here guys join the climb community if you haven't done so already on facebook there's a lot of really great stuff going on there people helping people and and some good conversations and some good material on a daily basis so it's an active uh songwriting community and and uh, indie artist marketing community uh and there's a lot of them that aren't so active out there so mm-hmm. uh feel free to join in uh subscribe to the podcast Make sure all those episodes come right into your phone in order. Make sure that you share it with somebody. If you're liking this stuff, if you're listening to it, somebody else is going to get off on it too and find something good, find some value in it. Make sure you share it. Share it on your social media. Tell somebody about it. And then finally, uh, take a 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating and review and uh, you know, let uh, other people know that are thinking about dipping their toe in the water there that it's legit and, and, and what you got out of it. So uh, once again, guys, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 